Welcome to the Taking a Bite Out of EdTech podcast, where we're making all things EdTech easy to digest. I am Marshall Beyer. Again, we are joined by my friend and colleague, Sitar Ali, and today we are going to be discussing GimKit and Edpuzzle and how they can be used as checking for understanding tools, review tools, and assessment tools. So without further ado, let's get started. guys for joining us today. Today we're going to be discussing uh, two programs that we can use to check for understanding and that is GimKit and Edpuzzle. Alright, so first thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about GimKit and what that is. And so what it is, is it's a platform that you can use similar to what we talked about yesterday with, with Kahoot and Quizzes. It's a platform that you can use for checking for understanding, you can do some type of reviews, assessments, those types of things. You can post assignments on there. You can set it up where it gets graded for you, those types of things. So it's a it's a nice way to kind of do some checking for understanding and some review with your students. It kind of has a little bit more of a gamey feel to it. But yeah, it's basically a nice platform that you can use for checking for understanding and doing reviews. So in order to just get started with GimKit, the first thing that you'll need to do is create an account. So if you head over to GimKit.com and you click sign up in the upper right hand corner, it's going to pop up because GimKit wants money too. So this was created by a teenager and now the teenager's 19 and he needs some money. So you're constantly going to get little pop-ups just like with Kahoot upgrading. But what you'll do is you'll just want to hit GimKit Basic, which is the free account. And then after you click the free account, you're gonna to wanna to just sign in with Google. And when you sign in with Google, you'll wanna select your turlockusd.org email. So now we're kinda of, we're gonna kinda of walk you through the navigation of GimKit. So when you start off, you'll see um, your kits. So those are like your lessons, you could say. And so those are the, um, that are gonna show up in the middle there. And then you're also gonna see them on the left-hand side there. Next is going to be your assignments. So the different types of assignments that you have put together for your students. And so you can create a new assignment. And when you create a new assignment, you can pick a kit for the students, like what kit you want that assignment to go to. You can select a due date. You can say what class you would like to give this assignment to. And then with GimKit, there's like virtual money that's you know connected to it so the kids can earn money within GimKit so you can say like how much money this assignment is worth, how much time in minutes you want them to allow them to have to take this, and then how much like money they're going to start off with. And then you can give it a custom title if you like. And then what you can do is once you're done creating it and you want to share it, you could copy the link or you could share it straight to something like Google Classroom or you could share it straight to Remind. And then you can organize your Gim kits into different classes so you can have if you're secondary you can have first period second period third period um, if you're elementary you can just have it by your class or you can have it by subject matter depends on kind of how you want to have it organized and then when you create a class you can do it 
with student accounts or without student accounts. So if you are doing it with student accounts, this is going to be for students. We'll get into it. We'll get into this in a little bit, but this will be for students that are over 13. So if they're over 13, they can create accounts. If they're under 13, they cannot create accounts. So you would, if you're using it in an elementary site, you would want to do it without um, the student account option. But then if you did it with student accounts, then this is, like they said, it's recommended for higher grade students um, under 13 need guardian verification to create accounts. So if you're elementary, use it without student accounts. If you're dealing with students over 13, then you can, you can kind of choose which option you like. And then they also have a news section. So any type of like updates and stuff like that is going to be in the news section. And then Kit Collab. So this is something that kind of sets GimKit apart from other um, platforms is you can allow your students to create kits. So in something like Kahoot or quizzes, we as the teacher create the questions, we create the quote unquote kits. You can set up Kit Collab where students are creating questions and they are submitting questions to be added to the quiz. I have a couple of friends who teach in different districts and they've used this section and they've said, honestly, the kids come up with tougher questions than I would on my own. So because there's that whole gamey and like you earn money and stuff. So they're, they have that kind of motivation of they don't want their, their questions to be super easy for their classmates to earn money from. So this is an option um, for, for you to use as well. And then um, they have something called seasons. So when you are in seasons, it kind of brings um, the competition to a whole new level. So it's by tracking students' balance over time. So you can do it by, um, there's tracking their, like, their balance. So you can do it game by game. You can do it how they're doing against their classmates, or you can even do it against other classes. And so now we're just going to get into like the whole classes section. So Marshall kind of mentioned it before. There's two ways that you can create classes. So if you are dealing with students who are 13 and older, so essentially secondary sites, so seven and up, you're gonna want to have your students create an account and then you'll share the link with them. And it's kind of nice because secondary sites, you have like 180 something students. So the students create an account and then you copy the link and you go ahead and post that account right in Google Classroom and your students will automatically get registered in that specific class period. So for first period, you would share that link and all those students within your first period Google Classroom would then get into your first period GimKit class. And so this is all for secondary use. And if we look at the second option of class without student accounts, this is really, really nice for our kids because when you actually share the link with your students through Google Classroom, right when they click the link, it'll take them to a little drop down where they actually just pick their name. But if you, so if you have multiple students, you'll want to just put their first name and last initial if they have like the same first name or whatever name that they go by in class, like maybe they go by Mia or Gia, but their entire name is Gianna. And the student just goes through and they pick their name. So the fact that they get to pick their name is really elementary friendly. And then with the secondary sites, they actually have their accounts. And like Satara was saying, and as you can see in the example here, there's no first and last names. There's just, you know, um, maybe first name, last initial, or if you have, like in this case, if there's three Ashleys in one class, Ashley one, Ashley two, Ashley three, making sure we're just kind of keeping that student data privacy in our mind. We're not posting first and last names. We're just posting first names, if anything, first name, last initial, that type of stuff. And it's, and if you forget, like GameKit doesn't even give you a box to put a last name. 
it oh, literally perfect. just gives you one box. Yeah. So just don't type out the entire name. It only gives you one box for, and it just says student name. So just go ahead and call them whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now we're going to get into kits. So these are kind of like lessons that are made that you can search for. So you can, at the top, there's a search for kits. So you can search for a subject matter that you would like to use and you can search for those there. So when you actually search for kits, so I like, when we created this, we were searching for cells. And you'll see on the left-hand side, kits will show up. And on the right-hand side will be the questions. If you don't want to like click on each individual quiz, you want to actually see all the questions in there, what you'll want to do is you just want to hover your mouse over the quiz itself that shows up on the left, and you'll be able to scroll through all the questions and all the answers. So as you can see on the right, it just says cell wall. So that was the question. And then the students just have to pick what the definition of the cell wall is. So the green one's the answer. And the next one says one characteristic of all living things is that they are made up of units. What are these units called? And so the green answer would be cells. So that would just give me a little preview. So if I found one that I wanted, I can just go ahead and click it and then assign it to my student. And then, so like Satara said, you just click on the kit that you like, and then it'll give you kind of some breakdown. So you can look at the questions and answers. So you can see like here, you can see what the questions are. The correct answer is the one that's in green. You can play it, you can share it, you can copy it, or you can go down and you can preview the kit before assigning it to your class. And then it also lets you know too, at the top it tells you how many questions there are. So this one has 15 questions. And then it gives you the title of the kit and it tells you who created the kit. And then let's say that you want to edit a kit. So what you would do is when you actually click on it and you would hit copy, when after you copy it, you can actually go through and edit. So you can edit each individual question. So on the very right-hand side, there's gonna be a little pencil button. And anytime you see a pencil, regardless of if you're in GimKit and Google Slides and Kahoot and quizzes, a pencil always means edit, no matter what. So when you click on the pencil, it'll allow you to edit the questions, edit the answer choices. You can delete the questions also. So there's a lot that you could do. You could even add questions. So if you look on the left, it gives you a little running menu and you can add a question, create with flashcards. I think it's a premium feature, but you can continue with kit collab. So you can start with some questions and then you can have the students create more questions on their own. You can also add questions from a question bank and you can also import from a spreadsheet. So importing questions and answers from a spreadsheet is just a normal thing for every single type of application that's out there. And then if you wanted to add your own question, whether it be multiple choice or text, you can click on add a question and then at the top you have your you have your options do you want this to be multiple choice or do you want this to be a text input so then you can if the one on the left is an example of multiple choice the one on the right would be an example of a text input so then you can type in your question if you wanted to add a photo to it or if you wanted to add some audio to it you could do that as well and then you can type in your answers at the bottom select which one is the correct answer if you wanted to add a picture as an answer choice, you could do that as well by clicking on the little camera. And then you would just, once you're done doing all that, you would just click add at the bottom and it would add that question to your kit. And then the one on the, the right with the text input, same thing, you're just gonna type in your question at the top, add a photo or add audio to it as well. 
and then you're going to have the correct answer there at the bottom. So then you can actually type in the correct answer, what you want them to type in, and then you can add other correct answers too. So if you can kind of like predict what you think your kids are going to type in. So if, for example, since the last examples we were looking at were science-based and cells, if you typed in cell with a capital C, maybe you can add cell with a lowercase c as well. And just one other thing, um, adding audio is also a paid feature, unfortunately. It used to be free, but now it is a paid feature. So adding questions from the question bank. So if you were to pick the option on the left that said adding questions from the question bank, you could actually search through multiple questions. And once you find a question that you want, you're going to see a little plus sign inside of a circle that's going to be located on the right hand side. And once you click that plus sign, that question will automatically get added right into that collab kit or the kit that you're creating. So you can create questions, your kids could create questions. But once you just start searching through that question bank, you can go ahead and just start adding questions. So it's really nice that GimKit has this question bank because then you don't have to start from scratch. And then here are some kind of cool features around the holidays that they have. So they have um, like different um, announcements, different game updates, different things that they kind of push out during um, the holidays and whatnot. So these are just kind of some cool little features and they have like different announcements and they have links to where you can read on their blog about different updates and stuff that they have. So these are cool, just little, little features that they have around, around the holidays. And the humans versus zombies that kind of put GimKit on the map. So when that first came out, I played that with my students cause it's only out for like four or five days and I played it on Halloween cause why not? And what it'll do is it'll randomly assign your students as like a human or a zombie. And if they get questions right, they if depends like if they're gaining health or losing health but if they get questions right they gain health if they get them wrong they lose health and then it's so it gets super competitive and all it is is they're answering questions that go along with the subject matter it's just they're a human or a zombie and so by just putting that little aspect into it the class gets crazy because i also make them sit on different sides of the room because why not and it it's awesome how excited they get just to be a human or a zombie at random, but they're still answering curriculum-based questions. Okay, so like we talked about, so GimKit's awesome. It's a great application to use, but there are some kind of downfalls to it. So they only have a limit of five kits, so 10 during COVID-19 time right now. The deleted kit now counts as part of your total. So in the past, you could like create five, you could delete one, and it would like open up a slot for you, but now... It doesn't. However, you can still play the kits without actually adding them to your account. You won't get any of the results or the scores, but it's nice to kind of use it as like a review game. And you can also edit and delete questions with within your other kits. And then you can also use it for enrichment or like fun intervention practices with, um, with your students. And then use another program that you wanted to actually collect data with. So there are some kind of downfalls to it, but there are still positives that, that it is something that you can still use with, with your students. Yeah, all of this used to be free. And then within the past few months, everything's changing. Um, but one thing that I found out that you could do, like Marshall said, was if you just go through a kit that you already have and you delete all the questions and then you just add new questions and retitle it, it's, a, it's the same thing. Then you'll still get your data and you can still get new questions. Just use the question bank the entire time. That way you're not creating it new. 
The only downfall is that anything that you have won't be able to use it. Like you'll have to keep recycling it. But once you get really fast at adding the questions, if all you're doing is doing it from the question bank, then you're just going to hit the plus button and it'll take you maybe a couple of minutes. Okay, so now we are going to shift gears and talk about Edpuzzle. Um, Edpuzzle is a cool little service that you can use for checking for understanding, but this one incorporates video and you're able to kind of insert questions within your video. And so we're going to talk about Edpuzzle now. And so to create your account, when you go to Edpuzzle, you want to hit sign up and then it'll ask you if you're a teacher or a student. You want to hit that you're a teacher and then it'll take you through the process of Signing in with Google, you'll want to go ahead and click on your TurlockUSD.org account. And then once you do all of that, you have now created an Edpuzzle account. And then once you're in there, the very first thing that you'll see if you're brand new to Edpuzzle is it's going to say sync your Google Classroom. You definitely can. You can hit Google Classroom and you're just going to show, it's going to show all of your Google Classrooms and you'll be able to just check mark which ones you want. So maybe you have multiple Google Classrooms because you have one for your PLCs, you have one that your principal created just for staff meetings. So you'll wanna just select just the Google Classroom that you want to add because Edpuzzle syncs really, really nicely with Google Classroom. So then once you click on um, Google Classroom, then like Sitar said, you're gonna get the list of Google Classrooms that you want to import. You just click the little checkbox next to them, click import class, and then it's going to take your roster and it's going to import that into Edpuzzle. And then once you have all your classes in there, you'll be able to look at Edpuzzle and it displays your assignments and students. So what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to click on your Google Classroom that you synced here. So in this account, EdTech Coach Test was a Google Classroom name and you'll be able to see all the assignments that you have. And then if you click on your student tab, you'll actually be able to see if your students watched the video assignments, how much of the video they watched, and if they actually answered any questions. So Edpuzzle allows you to kind of make these videos interactive. It allows you to embed questions within the video. It allows you to do your own voiceover on the video itself. And you're pulling these videos from YouTube, Khan Academy, Crash Course from YouTube, all of these normal, wonderful videos that we like to use, even TED Talks. But now you're utilizing them in your class and you can actually track how far and where your students have watched these videos. So this would be, if you click the student tab, you'll see that in this account, there's just test students, but you'll see all of your students that are here. You can import more students and or you, so you can import your students from Google Classroom. Let's say you had new students that added in half the year or in a few months, you could just re-import your students and it'll pull the new students that you got right in. And so they have a huge library um, to choose from. So you can go through and you can search, Edpuzzle creates their own videos, uh, YouTube, Khan Academy, National Geographic. There's tons of videos that you can pull from and you can go through and you can find the videos and you can just add them to your class. And so you can search for different topics, you can search for different content, and you can add those to, to your Edpuzzle class. And then so once you pick a video, then what? So once you search through a video, you find a video that you want, you wanna go ahead and click on the video. And when you click on the video, you'll be able to scroll down and you'll see a few things. First, you'll see some options that say assign, copy, or edit. And then you'll see other options below your video that show you what other teachers have done. So you could technically click on another teacher's video and you can see the questions that they have in there 
or you could see videos that are related to this one. So maybe you watch this video on thermodynamics and you're like, hmm, that goes a little bit too deep into the topic, so maybe I'll look for others. So as you scroll down after you pick that video, it'll show you other ones that are related to it. But let's say you find the video you like, will you go ahead and click it and then we'll walk you through the next steps. And so once you find your video, you would, um, and you wanted to edit it, you can edit, you can, you can cut the video. So if you are watching it and you're like, okay, the first couple minutes, they don't need to watch that part. This is, you know, just kind of going over whatever you can trim that part off. You can trim off parts at the end. You can, um, add voiceover. You can add questions to it. So as instead of them just sitting watching a video, you can add questions. So you can go in and you can add different questions that pertain to the video. And then you can set it up where they have to answer the question before they continue watching the video. So they can't just skip over the question. And so you can go through, you can add all those in here. And then when you're done, you can just click finished. And so the first tab was cut. And let's say you wanted to add a voiceover like Marshall was talking about, you would click that middle section that says voiceover. And you would go into the video to that spot that you want the voiceover. So let's say that you want to talk about this equation, this first law of thermodynamics, but the video goes way too in depth. The students are used to your voice, so you wanna do it. You can click the start recording and it'll, you wanna allow your microphone to use it. And then you can just start recording what you wanted to say. When you are done, you would hit stop and your recording would actually be added into the video. So it's a normal video that you're pulling off of YouTube, except you're sitting here and you're putting in a voice recording. And how you know the voice recording is there is on the very bottom of the video, there'll be a little black dot that'll show up. And so it'll show you that you placed in a video recording at like three minutes and 29 seconds, or no, it's at 54 seconds. And then you'll see on the left at three minutes and 29 seconds, there was a multiple choice question that was put in. So Marshall's gonna talk about how you actually put in these multiple choice questions and how you can actually get those results. So now we're looking at our question section. So now we're going through, we're watching our video and we see parts of the, the video where we wanna add questions. We can add multiple choice questions. We can add open-ended questions. We can add just notes. So the kids can kind of put in notes during that section. Um, you can create questions and then you can have it set. Like I said before, you can have it set where they have to answer that question before they continue watching the video. And so this is just nice because it's not just them just sitting there watching a video. You can get real-time feedback on if they're paying attention, what they're, what they're getting from the video and what they're understanding from the video. And so if I wanted to do like a multiple choice, I would play the video, I would pause it, I would click question, and I would say I wanna add in a multiple choice question, I can type in my question, I can type in my answer choices, I can say which one is the correct answer, which ones are not the correct answers, and then they will see when they're playing the video, they're gonna see little markers throughout, so then they'll see, okay, you know, there's a question coming up or there's so many questions throughout the video. And then when you're done editing your video, you would just click done, and then you would see on the side, you would see if you had any like any type of multiple choice questions you had, and if you had any type of voiceovers, you'll see all the things that you've added to that video. And then you can just go and assign it and you can click which class you want it to be assigned to. You can choose the start date. You can say when it's due. You can, like we talked about here, you can turn on prevent skipping so they can't skip a question. You can turn on closed captioning, and then you can also turn on posting to Google Classroom. So they'll, they'll see that that assignment was posted and they'll see it in their Google Classroom. And then another thing also is when you actually look at the assignment, 
you can see all the students and you can see if they haven't yet watched the video because you just posted it, but you could also see if they only got 53% of the way through or 73% of the way through or 5% of the way through. So Edpuzzle is really, really nice for the teacher aspect of it because it's showing us, okay, well, are the students engaged enough to do this? And if they're not watching it, why? Maybe you just have one student that's not watching it. So that means that you can just get to know that student a little better and figure out what's going at what's going on at home that's preventing the student from accessing. Maybe the student doesn't have internet or maybe the student has other responsibilities outside of school. Or maybe most of your students haven't done it. So maybe they're just not engaged or they're not understanding this topic. So then we need to kind of rework the lesson itself. So it gives you a lot of data as a teacher to kind of rework and refigure out what you need to do. And then, like we talked about before, you can post them straight into Google Classroom. So if you turn on that little toggle in Edpuzzle when you're assigning the assignment and you say post to Google Classroom, then it'll show up in Google Classroom like here as an assignment. And then they get a link to the, the Edpuzzle video. They click on that and then it takes them straight to um, the Edpuzzle video where they can go through, watch the video and answer questions. And then there's something known as like Edpuzzle Live. And I haven't tried it before. Maybe Marshall has, but Edpuzzle was kind of telling me all about it. And so what you, you'll you do is you can kind of use it in class at that time. And then you'll be able to watch your students progress through the video. So let's say it's something that you're using for them. And it's a video that just kind of a preliminary video before you actually get into the meat of the lesson. Or it's a review video. Edpuzzle Live is what you would do to kind of use that video right now in your classroom and all the students are watching it all the students are interacting with the video they're doing either multiple choice questions or they're typing in an answer for a short answer question you put in or they're even listening to your voiceover and then after they are finished watching videos and answering questions you can check out on the actual assignment you can go through and you can see their progress but then they also have a grade book section where you can see all the videos that you've posted and you can see how much time each student spent like in total on all the videos that you've posted and then you can go in and you can see their grades and you can kind of check out those things um, within Edpuzzle on all the different videos that you have assigned to your class. And correct me if I'm wrong, Marshall, if you link Google Classroom to Edpuzzle, doesn't it automatically show the scores in Google Classroom if you create the assignment? I feel like it used I, to. I feel like it does too. It's been a little bit since I've done that part, but we can, we can check that to make sure, but I, I wanna say yes. I remember, I know last year when I used it, I didn't have to do anything other than just wait. And patience for me is something I'm, I work on. Um, so after my students watched a video and they filled out the answers, there were only three questions, so it was three points. But I feel like the next day, I was just looking in Google Classroom and there was a column that had the Edpuzzle video and their scores already populated. So with Google Forms, you have to hit import scores but I feel like with Edpuzzle, it was already there. So since my gradebook was already connected with my Aries, I just went and I imported all those grades for all six of my classes and they went right in. All right, that concludes our episode on GimKit and Edpuzzle. Links to our social handles and our YouTube channel if you wanted to watch the video version of this will be in the description. Or you could just search YouTube by the same name, taking a bite out of EdTech. 
for the Taking a Bite Out of EdTech podcast, where we're making all things EdTech easy to digest. This is Marshall Byer signing off. I'll catch you next time.